Welcome to The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. Together, we will journey through self-discovery and fulfillment in life. Here's your host, Jan Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Good Good Life. I am your host, Jan Jones, and you are in for a treat today. I have an amazing guest, and she is in the studio. So I am very excited, and I'm going to introduce everyone to my amazing guest in just a moment, but... You know, if you're a regular listener, I want you to say it loud and proud. And if you're in a place that you can't say it out loud, then I want you to think it really loud in your mind and in your heart. I am awake, alert, alive, enthusiastic. Because this is a good, good life. And I'm so grateful that you choose to spend this time with me. So everybody, let's just take that deep breath. Just take it in. Ah, we'll calm the noise and the chaos, at least for just a little while. And if you have come to be inspired, you will not be disappointed. I want to introduce you all to my guest. Her name is Candy Wood Lindley. And I want to give you just a little bit of background about Candy because I want you to hear from her and her life experience her hope. She is an author, a speaker, an advocate, an evangelist at heart. I mean, she is one of the most talented, beautiful women. And here's a little bit about Candy. So when doctors told Candy Wood Lindley that she had six months to live, she prayed that God would allow her to see her two young children grow up. That was in 1982. Candy was diagnosed with a baseball-sized tumor in the center of her head. Eight surgeries and several years later, she had she was left facially disfigured, but determined to make the most of what she had. In 1987, she was one of 25 recipients of Clairol's National Take Charge Award given to women who have overcome obstacles and turned their lives around after the age of 30. This was awarded to her for the production of two nationally released videos together called Let's Face It. One dealt with makeup techniques for the facially disfigured and the other with wig and scarf application for hair loss patients. Then in 1997, she was given the Life Inspiration Award by the American Cancer Society. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons gave Candy their Patient of Courage Award in 2004, and she accepted the 2005 Legacy of Courage Award from Alabama's For the Cause. During the past two decades, Candy has been asked to speak to more than a thousand different groups, including the Mayo Clinic Nursing Conference, the Christian Medical and Dental Association's national events, and American Society of Plastic Surgeons. She has spoken to many college classes, ministries, and organizations. Candy also has been featured on television and radio programs, including, get this, and this is just the short list, The 700 Club, Heart to Heart with Sheila Walsh, Sally Jesse Raphael, and Mari Povich, along with the Mother Angelica show. And like I said, that's just a few of her appearances. Wow, Candy, welcome to the show. <laughs> Do you get embarrassed when oh, people read God. all that? <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Well, I'm telling you, I'm so honored that you're here and our listeners are going to have their jaws hit the floor when they hear your story of just perseverance, faith, and I mean, all that you've overcome. I I don't think you're just a survivor. You are a thriver and you just live this amazing life. So one thing I didn't mention is I did tell you all that she's an author, but you really need to go buy her book called Face of Faith. And it is all about um, a new kind of makeover, right? So I know I have really teed this up. Why don't you just kind of start from the beginning and tell our listeners what we're talking about, what happened when you got this diagnosis and all the journey of these surgeries and just coming to grips with everything. There's just so much running through my head. So I'm going to let you begin your story. Okay. First of all, I was a very dramatic child (laughs) and I always had something dramatic to do. And in fact, when I went to college, my daddy said, I don't know why I'm spending money for you to major in speech and drama when you have drama all the time and ever since you were born. But uh, the the main thing I would like to say is, yes, I had a very idyllic childhood. I had amazing parents. I was, like I said, an only child. And so I was the stage, I was the center of attention, not only with my parents, but I was an only grandchild to both. So can you believe that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I always had a stage. Yeah. So you weren't what? lacking for affection no, and attention. No, no, I was not a neglected child. <laughs> and uh, so from, from the age of five, I knew that I was going to be a dancer. I knew that I would take, that would be what I did in, in life. Um, and as quickly as I could, could figure it out. Uh, I was probably, I took drama in the fourth grade. And then from then on, uh, that was it. That was my, that was my passion. And um, aside from theater stuff, uh, I was just a very resourceful, headstrong. uh, If I couldn't fix whatever it was that I wanted to fix or be in control of, Hmm. I would find somebody that could. Mm-hmm. And that's a great quality sometimes. But when I when I was 29, 28, somewhere around there, I began, I was still teaching, I was still performing. Uh, I was I was okay other than I had this headache. Mm. And I remember sitting on top of Rocky Mountains. We were on a ski trip. My husband and I were on a ski trip. And I was at the very top of this mountain with snow in front of me. And for some reason, I was the only one on that slope. Hmm. And it was one of those Rocky Mountain sky blue days. And you could only hear the sound of the the um, chairlift hmm. or some snow falling off the branches. Oh, yeah. It was very quiet. And... I sat down, took off my skis, took my jacket off, put it behind my back, and looked up at the sky and said, okay, God, um, thank you so much for all of this, and I don't have... I don't really need anything. Now, that scares me to death right now. Thank you, God. I don't need anything. Mm. And I said, the only thing thing that I know that I'm dealing with are these horrific headaches. Mm. Mm. And two months after that trip, uh, I had already been dealing with headaches for a long time. And two months after that trip, I went to the 13th doctor that I had been seeing. I saw every specialty and this doctor took a look and said, Candy, there's a little pea cyst in your nasal cavity. And I thought, oh good, this is the cause of the headaches. Let's just get it out. But when he said, and this needs to come out yesterday, Mm. I knew then. So fast forward, 
uh, entered the hospital the next week to do a quick biopsy, and it turned out to be a very aggressive bone cancer, never in the head, never in the base of the skull. Mm. The base of the skull is an inoperable area of the head, and so uh, nobody really wanted to touch me mm -hmm. here in Birmingham. So two weeks later, I found myself on a plane to Rochester, Minnesota, to the Mayo Clinic. Now, at this time, I had a one-year-old and a five-year-old, mm -hmm. so we had to make arrangements for somebody to keep them for four weeks. I would be there for four weeks for sure, and so we were trying to get all that arranged and yet have my parents be up there with me. My husband was going to stay at home and work. And so all of this came so quickly, Jan. I, I, but when I'm in, in when I'm in a situation like that, I kind of go with, um, how can I explain it? I go into business mode. Yeah. I go into business mode. Like, you get really logical, pragmatic, mm -hmm. like I can make this decision. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I went around our little neighborhood. I went to the bank. Hey, my name is, um, will you check my, uh, will you check my account? Because you see, I'm going to the Mayo Clinic and I may not come back. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to make sure that everything was all right. Banking, then boom, then next, I had some clothes to return and said the same thing. Hey, y'all, thank you for letting me test take these out on approval but I thought I'd bring them back because I won't you know I won't be coming back maybe because I'm because I have, it was just matter of fact wow business business do you think that was almost like a coping mechanism of like this this huge news the day before, it's like, we can't do this. This is worse than we thought. You've got to get on a plane like tomorrow. And, you know, it's almost like you couldn't process it. And I'm, I'm just sitting here fascinated and amazed that you were able to get your mind together enough to start taking care of just like your to-do list. To-do list. That's exactly it. Wow. My to-do list. Check, check, check. I also got on the plane and pulled out thank you notes because I thought if I die in this surgery, I want everybody to know to know that I'm thanking them for their flowers and meals and all of, all of that. Oh my so word. I finished all that and um and then the Mayo Clinic. And I walked into my craniofacial surgeon's room and they put the scans up on the up on the board and he they're very uh what am I gonna say they're very upfront at the Mayo Clinic they do not sugarcoat anything mm. so he is showing me on the screen okay the tumor is much larger than we thought it's the size of a baseball candy and mm. it is in an inoperable area of the head so we probably obviously will not be able to get it all but we'll try to get the bulk and with that the neurosurgeon that was also in the room said and by the way candy you'll wake up severely deformed because we will not be able to replace the bones. Now, they had already told me, Jan, well, he's on the CAT scan. We will have to remove your forehead bone, your nose, your right cheek, cut across the top of the teeth, and then you can, and, and then you can peel the whole face back on either side. Now, this is not unusual now. This is 42 years ago. So uh -huh. that particular surgery was, was a major pioneering accomplishment for craniofacial surgery in America. Wow. And anyway, <laughs> that was, that was about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And when when Dr. Laws, who was the neurosurgeon, turned around and said, now, Candy, just remember, we will not be able to, re to replace um, the, the bones, and, like, and it looks like the optic nerve is involved. So, uh, so you will not, 
you will not be able to see in the right eye and probably the left. Okay, I have to pause you because I'm I'm just you have shared this story with me and even still hearing it again. I mean, it is it's mind blowing to think that you're getting this news. And I just I want the listeners to really comprehend what you're saying, because it doesn't sound it sounds like science fiction to me. You are about to go. You've got to make this choice about having this surgery, because if you don't, you will die. But if you do you could die, but even if you survive, they are saying we're removing your forehead bone, we're removing your nose, you will probably not be able to see because of the optic nerve, like we're cutting across your teeth. I, I'm just like, I don't even know how you decide, do I do that or do I just, you know, and, and was this the business mode about you? Like, how did you make that decision in that moment? Because they wanted to do this tomorrow, mm -hmm. the, like the next day, mm -hmm. the next morning. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So tell me about that moment. While I was in the hospital, and this is probably my heart's desire for any listener listening to this, because it's mm. the very core of my being, in the biopsy surgery in Birmingham. I, like I just said earlier, I was very, um, I was just very resourceful. I mm -hmm. was in charge. I was in control. Uh, I had never, I thought I was a Christian. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd, I, I thought I'd checked it off the, you know, and the minister says, or anyone says, uh, we'll just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and ask him to forgive you of your sins and you will have eternity with him forever and ever. And I did that mm -hmm. and checked it off my to-do list. Yeah. And thought, well, that was easy enough. Yeah. That was in the ninth grade. And I got, I was, I was baptized. And of course, my mother said, the only reason you're getting baptized is because you're up front center stage. And <laughs> Your drama. And she was right, probably. Oh. Who knows? Yeah. But so in the hospital, in the hospital that last day when one of the surgeon's partners came in, um, they had packed my nose with 60 inches of gauze to pack both sides of the sinuses and everything up in the nasal area oh. and he came in one night to take to take out the packing before I was released the next day and he ripped foot after foot after foot out of my already aching swollen nose mm -hmm. and I cried and I cried and I said, I've just got to take a break for a minute before you pull any more out. And you pull the rest of it out. And he left that night it, and everybody was gone. Mama was gone. Everybody was gone. And uh, I cried and I cried and I cried till I had no more tears. Ugh. It was in the middle of the night. And I sat up in that bed, Jan. And threw my hands up in the air and said, okay, God, here's the deal. I have tried everything for the last year and a half. I have gone to the best doctors in town, mm. and I have done nothing but run into the wall. Mm. And I just, I'm tired. I'm tired of hurting. And I want you to just take over my life. And I don't know what that means. Mm. I don't know how you do that. But if I live or if I die, it really is okay with me. I'm not making another decision in my life. Mm. Mm. It was total surrender of candy. But it took getting at the end of candy mm. before I turned it all over to the Lord. Now, I couldn't have given you the gospel, and I couldn't have told mm. you a single Bible verse, but I knew then I am yours, and 
and I will be till whatever you want to do with me. And isn't that an amazing revelation that you had in all of that pain? And you had been the center of attention your whole life. And you had had what many people might call a charmed life with loving parents and opportunities. And you're an entertainer and, you know, college educated and all of that. And two beautiful children. And here you are facing this disfigurement, this pain, this uncertainty. And you just said something to me that is so profound. I had to get to the end of candy before I could really surrender. And I think that message of surrendering to God's plan is something that We all need to hear. And as believers, we know it to be true, but it is so hard. And especially for someone like you and maybe a little bit like me, (laughs) I know Candy and I are very kindred spirits. I like to joke. I'm not a control freak. I'm just a control enthusiast. (laughs) That's a great way to (laughs) But when, when you are at a place where you know there is absolutely nothing in your control and and look there are probably many listeners Mm. that have been there or are there now they want to do something take action find the right person and I was there when I was dealing with my disease and then going into renal failure and you know for regular listeners you know my health journey but I mean that surrender is probably one of the scariest but most peaceful feelings. How, how would you describe that moment of surrender? I have always had this little motto. I don't know where I got this, but it says, with surrender comes peace. Mm. And if you think about it, in a war, mm. somebody has to surrender yeah. before there's peace. Yeah. And for me... That surrender came to Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so you're right. I, it was on. It was in the afternoon, and I literally left the left the clinic office and ate some dinner and headed off to the hospital. Mm. So. And and all these goals that they were pulling out. Ah. This was after your first surgery? After the biopsy. Oh, that was just the biopsy. biopsy. <gasps> oh, my word. Yeah, that See, was just the, oh, my goodness. That was just the biopsy before I... And that's how much the they had to pack it. I mean, I'm still just like a baseball-sized cancerous tumor in your head. It was... Um, if you think of it, it's, and they, people say it's a baseball. It's not like a hard tumor. It had just it was a soft tumor that had mushed yeah. into all the crevices. And the big thing about it was that it was very aggressive. Grade three, bone mm. cancer, not treatable by chemotherapy nor by radiation. Mm. Not to mention it was not part of it was in a totally inoperative area of the mm. head. So I knew that. Even if I lived through it, it wasn't a cure. Mm. So anyway, yeah. Oh, wow. Go ahead. That, no, you go ahead. Because <laughs> that was just the box. See, all right. Take it, continue us down this journey because so it is box, amazing. It was in Birmingham. And then um, this one was actually yeah, obviously in Rochester. So I became friends with well with my my surgeon and his family mm-hmm. uh, I ate dinner with them when I was up there for tests later and mm. so what the deal was and he, I'm so glad he told me later mm, okay <laughs> so the deal was was that they opened everything up mm-hmm. and and I've seen the pictures, as I've told you before. I've seen those pictures at that Mayo Clinic conference where I was speaking. And, mm. and ooh, uh, as I was telling you, I recognize one of the slides only because I got, I recognized my eye tooth. Yeah. So mm. anyway, the, so the, so the story and why it hit the newspapers and everything 
everywhere was because he did that surgery and the plan was just to then close me up. So they had sent the bones to the face up to pathology to not be used again. Mm. And so they were just going to, especially if my eyeballs were, I mean, they were already detached. So uh, from, from the muscles and, so anyway, he was telling me, and he's from Scotland, and he has a very charming voice, and he mm. also has a little mischief in him, too. And he, So this is one night uh, at dinner at their house, and he said, he said, Candy, what? It, I tell you, you are quite a story because, uh, and then he started telling me what they actually did. He did all, he removed the, the bones, he removed the eyes out of the socket, was able to get, um, the orbits had to take, be taken out as well. Mm. So now what's an orbit? Like the, around your eye? Uh-huh, the bones that hold your eyeball. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm like, the, what's the, an orbit? The bones that hold your eyeball. Oh my word, all these cancers and all these bones. Yes, yes. Oh my word. Yes. So they sent all that up to pathology, and then he decided I was going to look monstrous, and mm. I still wasn't going to live because of the base of the skull. And he decided let's just go in at let's just go in and try to get the tumor that's in the base of the skull. I mean, he's not going to, wow. because I was going to, he's, she's not going to make it anyway. Wow. So he went in. Yeah. I'm glad he told you this after the fact. (laughs) Oh gosh. And so he went in and got the tumor and I was still alive on the table. So this was the catcher, catcher. He said, and then, Candy, I just had to go take a coffee break and really think about what do I do with her now? She's open on the table, so what do we do now? And I said to him, excuse me, I'm open on the table. I don't have a face. And you go have a coffee break. <laughs> Somehow that does not make me feel good. No. And he said, well, Candy, it was I just had to get away from the scene Mm -hmm. and just rethink. And so he did. He rethought and sent one of the residents up to pathology and said, bring her bones back down. No way. Bring the bones to the face back down. And he, the resident did. And the resident came back down and said that they had already been thrown in the trash. No. Yes, way. <laughs> oh. And he said, this is this is a horror movie plot line. I'm not making light of that. I mean, I but this is, this. when I told the listeners, this is truly incredibly unbelievable. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. All right. You know what? what? I want everyone to stay tuned because we are at the point where, and, and I know this is, it's graphic, but it's true. She is on the operating table and her face is open. And now the surgeon wants the bones back and the bones have been thrown away. Right. I think that. That is an incredible cliffhanger that will keep everyone staying tuned. We're going to take a very short break because I don't know about you all, but I got to catch my breath. And we are going to come back with Candy Wood Lindley to hear this miraculous story because I want you all to know this woman is absolutely gorgeous. So um, stay tuned and we will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready to ignite your passion and purpose for life? Make sure you join Jan Jones each week for the Good Good Life podcast. Each week, Jan will share her expertise and insights into personal development as well as spiritual growth discoveries. From the challenges in the valleys to the victories on the mountaintops, 
Jan has persevered through all of them with unwavering faith and joy. Life is full of possibilities, and Jan wants to walk with you as you discover those possibilities and unleash your full potential. Rekindle the spark inside of you and rejoice in the good, good life with Jan Jones, where we will all love living and live loving. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to The Good, Good Life with Jan Jones. If you have a question or want to share your story with Jan or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jan. Well, everyone, welcome back. I don't know about you, but I think we all needed a little break. Just like her doctor, if you have been listening, we've got the incredible, amazing, inspirational Candy Lindley is with me today telling her story of this incredible diagnosis of bone cancer in her head and face. And we're in the middle of hearing about this first surgery. And you all, I want you to know, listeners, this first surgery was not the last surgery. Um, So I want to get back to where we left off. But I do want to go back to something you said about the doctor in the middle of this. He takes a coffee break. (laughs) And as a patient, we're like, why would he leave me on the table? What, you know, however... How wise was that of him? Because sometimes we are so close to a situation that we do need to breathe. I think that's why we need to remind ourselves to take some deep breaths. And in in as candy surgeon, I can't even imagine the intensity that was in that OR. So where we left off, um, I think that's just good advice for all of us. Let's all take a coffee break sometimes. But... Um, he wanted the bones back and the bones were thrown away. So let's pick up their candy. Um, we may have to have like a series with you on here so we can finish this whole story because you're amazing. Okay. Pick us. So, so he had had his coffee break and he had asked the surgeon, uh, the resident to go back up and bring down the bones and they were in the trash. Mm. So he said, we'll go back up. And pull the bones out of the trash, clean them up, biopsy them because that was bone cancer, mm-hmm. and bring back down what we can what what we can use. What, I don't know how he was. Yeah, use. like uh, bring the back scraps. The, I mean, <laughs> the scraps. That's <laughs> Look, we we laugh about this, but this is so serious. But it, it, this is almost what it's like, it, right? It is. It's exactly. And by the way, Jan and I laugh about these things, but there's nothing, nothing, zero, nothing that is funny about. Cancer surgeries, no. kidney replacement, I meant replacement, kidney transplant, <laughs> whatever that word is. Yes. Uh, there's no. nothing funny about it. No. Except that looking back and seeing how God had intervened on every single step the minute I did that, I surrender all surrender. to you. Yeah. And in fact, at that first surgery, before they even began, I'm sorry, I'm backtracking but no uh, I was on the table and I can't even only God's grace can do this to a person not even somebody as spunky and feisty as as me Mm -hmm. but uh I asked I said I want to see my doctor before you put put me to sleep Mm. and 
they waited and waited. And then he came in and he said, so I hear you in that beautiful Scottish accent. I hear you want to see me. And I said, I do, because I want you to pray with me. Mm. And all the attendants, it was such a big deal at the Mayo Clinic. So the room was flooded Mm. with people. And so he held my hand and all I said was, Lord, you know what I want. Mm. I want to raise my children, but they were Mm. one in five. And I want, I said, I want to raise my children, but whatever your will is, I go along with that too. Mm. Amen. And then they put me to sleep. Wow. But so back to my bones. So they brought back the bones that they could use. Mm. He rebuilt the orbits with skull chips off the back of the skull and then part of the bones the part of the bones were in just one sheet the forehead and i don't know one part of it so the big part of it the rest was rebuilt totally um and so when i woke up in the ice in icu um I'm thinking, what 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 happened? Because I could see, and because they had reattached the eyes. Both you can see out of both uh-huh. eyes. Okay, I have twenty twenty five vision. Oh my word! <laughs> so, so yes, <sighs> I wore glasses before. <laughs> anyway, so. He so my daddy and mama were in the room with me and I had already answered a phone call from somebody and daddy said, well, we know she's okay. She's on the phone. Wow. Like she always is. And I can't even imagine waking up from that surgery and having a face and having a face. I mean. They, I just want to remind the listeners, they had told you like the right side of your face would be gone, right? Or both eyes and the right side of the face and the nose. In the nose. Wow. So, oh uh, so yeah, that was, uh, I really recovered really well in the hospital there. Uh, I mean, for that surgery. And I was there the four weeks. Um, and like I said, the most amazing thing probably for me besides just that they were able to do that sur- that kind of surgery mm. typically you can't do reconstruction sur- surgery after something like that because they want to make sure that they don't spend a lot of time putting a face back together with cancer cells right that's what i was going to say they have to wait for all that pathology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Anyway, the most exciting part for me and that God was so gracious to do, this is before Caring Bridge and social media. And so all these letters from Birmingham kept flooding in because it hit because it hit this major accomplishment. Anyway, so all these people were sending me Bible verses, Mm. but I didn't know the Bible. And so I'd. I'd get something, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. And I think, well, what does that mean? (laughs) Or Romans 8, 28, uh, all things work together for good. Lord, yeah. Well, all things, well, I guess they are. I I just didn't get it. But my main thing was I was not biblically knowledgeable Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, Uh. like I said, I I received Jesus Christ and checked that off my to-do list. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to be needing to study scripture. Yeah. And and that's another thing I tell Jan that um in our meetings was a girl came to my door the night before I left for the clinic. Mm-hmm. And she had a Bible that was underlined and marked and starred and obviously very used. And mm. I'd never seen a Bible like that. Oh. And I asked her, am I supposed to be reading that? And she said, Candy, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Mm. How are you going to know what he says to you 
if you've never read it. You don't read it. And so that's beautiful. So the point of that story to listeners out there is that sometimes you think you have to have it all together and you understand everything about Jesus or God and or he can't use you or he can't work through you. And yet I was no Billy Graham theologian. I was a 29-year-old um, biblical biblically ignorant uh two-week christian Mm. and yet god chose to go in and change my life totally Mm. yeah you know and thank you for sharing that and reminding all of us that God really does use every one of us. He has a plan and a purpose. And I don't know, I'm I'm just over flooded with love and admiration for you right now, Candy. But I love these reminders of surrender and God's plan. And again, these aren't easy. Uh-oh. These are not easy truths to live out. Um, but I, I want to go back to you praying and knowing and and trying to get things together before you go to have this surgery that you fully expected you were not actually going to survive. And you've got these young babies, a one and a five-year-old. I mean, yeah. you know, what what was... What were the emotions around that? Like, what was your, what was your thought around that as a mother? Like, not only are you dealing with your own fear and your own pain and all of these uncertainties, but then the uncertainties of your kids, you know, how did you push through that? Yeah. Uh, The night before, the night before I went to the Mayo Clinic, I went to my little boy's room Mm. And now my little girl was, she was only one and a yeah, half was or whatever. Baby, baby. And so I went to my little boy's room. And I'd seen a movie one time that where the mother had died and her children were mad at God because he mm. took their mother. Mm. And so I got up in his bunk bed with him. And that's what I told him. I may not come back. Mm. I may not be able to come back, Elliot, but um, do not be mad at God. Mm. And I will see you. I will see you one day. Do not be mad at God. And then when I got to the clinic, uh, a friend of mine had lost her mom when she was five. And I asked her, so do you remember her at all? And she said, well, my mom taped her voice and Mm. I have that, I have that to, to at least have some sort of, how did my mom sound? Yeah. We were sitting on the front porch of my house and I was just saying, so are they going to even remember me? Mm. And so I got to the clinic and I wrote both of them letters Mm. to open when they were 18. Oh, wow. I still have those letters, and I'm so glad they are Um, never open. They've never been open. Mm. Praise the Lord. And then then back then, we had, you know, just little cassette players, Mm -hmm. and I taped a whole message to them before they took me down to surgery. Wow. So they would at least have that too. And, you know, I'm going back. What's running through my head is you sharing at the beginning that, you know, you were a take charge, control, resourceful. It's so funny you said your mother used to say you were so resourceful. That's exactly the word. My mother always (laughs) used to describe me. Like if there was something I wanted, I was going to figure out like how to get it. Um, And and like you said, it's a talent, but it also can, you know, Uh, it, it can be a little bit of a curse. But... Knowing that that was your, those are some of your gifts, like to be able to think logically and to take care of some business and, you know, to consider, you know, what needs to be done, but then to have to surrender like that, but to 
to write a letter like that to both of your children and know that this really like you were at the end of candy again, like you said earlier. I mean, this is all God's will and plan. And, you know, you wrote in your book about how you had lived your life, like, like a song from a musical, like, you know, the sun will come out tomorrow or put on a happy face or what were some of the ones you, I mean, there were so many, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Everything's coming up roses. All these songs that you had been in these, these uh, productions of, but, you know that's not life and Mm-mm. I think that that's a really hard lesson for everyone to learn that we can look on the outside of someone and they seem to have it all together right and one thing I, I tell listeners a lot is don't don't compare your life to others you know everyone has their talents and their gifts and Everyone is loved by God. Mm -hmm. So, you know, pushing through that fear, figuring out the surrender when you did, which is another huge takeaway. I mean, God is waiting. Yes. He is waiting for us to come to him. And that's exactly what he had done all those years. And, you know, before we started the show, Candy and I were talking about just suffering and how that can really Jim and I like to use the term God recalibrates us. He redirects us. And sometimes it is through suffering. He's either maybe protecting us from something or he's leading us down the path. We should be on, you know, whatever that is. Um, So what, what is, what is a lesson that life has taught you, which I know there's a list of them, right? But what is a lesson that you think, everyone should learn well since i was a two-week christian going into the trial of my life Mm. i'm always looking around at people younger or my or my age that did the same thing i did Mm. pray to receive jesus christ boom checked it off my list and lived my life and so I am so conscious now of the gospel being watered down Mm. and that we truly, truly are sinners. And if you don't believe that you're a sinner, just think again. I think Mm. I wake up sinning, Uh, whatever, Mm. Uh, because that's what scripture says. We're all sinners. And. I honestly could not have told you if you said, why did Jesus Christ have to die for you, Candy? Mm. I don't know. I I don't know. I think it was just mean of the Jews. So I, I missed it. Mm. It went right over my head. And so my main message that I, like I told you, is to the listeners, where do you stand with Jesus Christ? And are mm. you positive without a shadow of a gout, doubt that you know that you know that you know you will spend eternity with him? Because I remember vividly thinking, if I don't make it through this surgery, I will wake up in recovery or I'll wake up in the face of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that total assurance right now, my plea for anyone listening to this, it's our choice. Mm. He gives it, we spend eternity, the scriptures say we spend eternity with the Father or without, and without is hell, whatever that state may be. Mm. And that's not Candy's words or my thinking, it's right out of, it's right out of the New Testament. And so, um, uh, that would be my main for anyone just to think, when did I do that? And not not that you always know that, oh, I did that at two o'clock or whatever. Right. For me, yes, that, that was, yeah. I know when I became a Christian. Yes. But, but the main thing is for me is where, where do you stand? Have you made that choice to receive a gift that you can either take it or leave it? Yeah. And it's our choice. Mm. Um yeah, and you know, making uh, making that choice is the choice of life. And 
I just think about like for me going through a double organ transplant and that that gift of life that someone lost there in order for me to live and to to have that purpose and and just like this doctor came from Scotland to Mayo Clinic to be used as a vessel for miracles. I mean, you're it's it's just truly and I'm not speechless a lot, but I'm speechless with your story because it is just something that only God can provide what has been provided to you and the miracle of this entire reconstruction of your face, your head, your heart, you know, and and that makeover. We I love the title of your book, Face of Faith, and it, it, it's all about a new kind of makeover because we are in a world that is very surface, Ooh. and we don't want to age. I mean, look, I I see it as I get older, and I'm like, oh, you know, and we we love our younger years, and you know what we may have looked like, but. That just isn't at all a part of your life because, A, I've said it once, you're beautiful. You are just a gorgeous woman on the outside, but your spirit is overflowing with love and beauty. And so um, I know we don't have much time at all, but what are just some final thoughts and just anything that's on your heart that you want to share before we wrap this amazing show up? Well, just like I was saying, first of all, make a conscious effort to uh, to search your heart and mm-hmm. see where are you with Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Because my story really is uh, like it, like you mentioned, a different kind of makeover. I had a makeover of the of um, the face. But the real makeover was my heart. Mm. God gave me a totally different heart filled with him. Yes. I love that. I think that is such a beautiful way to to kind of bring this show to a close. You know, our life really is the life within us. It's not necessarily all this stuff around us. And we wanna we wanna impact it as best we can while we're given this gift to be here. Candy, thank you. Oh my goodness, this was just an amazing show. And and if Candy will come back, we will have her back. So grateful to Candy. I'm grateful for all of you listeners. And I hope you all love living and live loving. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. We hope today was meaningful for your personal journey. We'll be back next week. Until then, continue to love living and live loving.